4: Vargan day is which is great because i get to explain it to you now settle in cupcake i'm using that word right right cupcake i mean i know it's a tiny cake but you also call people that right like in a condescending way pretty sure i'm right about that anyway now i want cake anyway Vargan day life Three intrepid souls many, many years ago Farron Younger, Eliak Sears, and Loan Regan. Remember those names? At the dawning of the original coalition, they left the planet on a ship called The Vargan. It was the first mission of its kind, an open ended one. They were to set out into the Andromeda and send back data on the wider universe and keep doing so until they exhausted all their resources. They never returned. No one knows why, but since space is always trying to kill you, the assumption is that it was some sort of space thing. You may be saying to yourself, why are they celebrating a failed mission? Well, I will tell you why. The planets of the original coalition first made contact hundreds of years ago. They had never met each other, but using some sort of process that involved quantum entanglement, they figured out how to communicate. They all worked together to build the Vargan. Ert provided the ship's AI, Garion provided the interior systems, Greedon and Sepsu provided stellar cartography, and Vapus designed the engine. And the whole thing was built right here on Segeus. For a while there, it looked like the galaxy was about to open up into a golden age of cooperation and exploration. And then, along came the fucking Teds. So... We celebrate it as a moment of greatness in our history, but then also there's this undercurrent of sadness to the whole thing because of what could have been. This is Bert Bert, by the way. (laughs) Uh, Talk to you later. Berts,
2: that's quite a story. You know, on earth, we really don't do enough to celebrate when people fail. And I think we should. There was this astrophysicist named Fred Hoyle, who had a very popular theory of the universe called steady state. He said the universe is exactly the same size and shape now as it was billions of years ago. He was kind of a dick about it, honestly, but as evidence started to mount that he was wrong about his theory, he doubled down like no one has doubled down before he wouldn't just say, "'Sorry, folks, I was wrong,' because he knew that if he was deemed a failure, he would vanish in the collective consciousness. He'd be just another guy. Eventually, everyone had to just ignore him while he ranted, so his worst fear came true anyway. He did make one lasting contribution, though. One time, he was criticizing one of these competing theories, and he said, what am I supposed to believe that everything started with some sort of, I don't know, big bang? Hoisted on his own petard? Anyway, I'm on Tarvalu. Have you been? The birds here are ridiculous.
4: Hey Leif, Tarvalu, huh? Help me out. Have you heard any gossip about ice hauler thieves? Someone in that quadrant has been hijacking ice haulers and selling the ice, but nobody knows who it is. Tell me if you hear anything.
2: Ice hauler thieves, huh? Uh, nope. I haven't heard anything. Definitely let you know, though.
4: Hey, Leif. I'm on a very long flight working on a very long piece, and both the flight and the piece are boring. Greywater management in the Iron Quadrant, don't ask. But... To take the edge off the boredom, I have started a new Earth show. It is about a hospital, and let me just say, holy fuck, your medical sciences on Earth. Oh my god, what are you people even doing? When somebody's heart stops, you do that that electricity thing? What? Not okay. I'd stop watching, but I have to say, this George Clooney person? I'm intrigued. I would like to know more. That is the long piece I would like to write. Please give me any information you have that is George Clooney related. Hey
2: there. I'm sorry that the only Earthling you know is also one of the few Earthlings that doesn't watch television, so I'm afraid I have no information on whoever that person is. Apologies. Can you help me with something? I'm on a planet called... Am I getting this right? Uh, Schnugens? I just witnessed some sort of ritual, and they all gathered around a very tall tree. And they, <clears throat> well, they just started hurling live rodents at the tree, like tiny living creatures. They they threw them, just threw them at a tree, and people cheered. And now I'm disturbed. Please help.
4: Lave, <laughs> hey, I just got your message. I really feel like your inauguration into triad life is complete because you have now experienced the joy of schnuggens. What you just witnessed was one of their most sacred rituals, gurpstip. And no, that was not me choking on something. That is its actual name. The rodents, called, uh, for schlicks, by the way, are meant to race to the top of the tree, and when they get there, everyone cheers. Here's the thing, Leif. And this is what makes this moment so special. What you just witnessed was an election. That's right. Whomever's for schlick made it to the top of that tree first, they're the mayor now. It's glorious. I want every planet to do it that way. So, with the witnessing of your first Gurpstip, I feel like I can finally, truly say to you, Welcome to the Triad. Eldon? Hi there. Was I sure that this was the right place? I
1: have no way of knowing how sure you were.
4: I said I was sure, didn't
1: I? You did say that, but there is saying things, and then there is the pesky part about said thing actually being true.
4: Are you saying I'm in denial? Of course not
1: have, however, created a word cloud using all of the conversations you've had since you activated me as your personal data device. If you look at my screen, you can see this word cloud.
4: I don't want to see the word cloud. Would you
1: like to know what one of the biggest words on the word cloud is, Bert, bird.
4: No. Obsessive. I said I didn't want to know.
1: Oh, I think you already knew what the word was. Why
4: is it bad to be obsessive?
1: Would you like me to list the number of times someone used the word obsessive to describe you and meant it in a good way?
4: No. Good.
1: Because there's nothing on that
4: list. How do I adjust your sass level? There is no adjusting my sass, bird
1: bird you must adjust to my. Size. I
4: could change your personality anytime. Why do I feel like I deserve this personality? Would you
1: like me to activate Gestalt's psychology mode?
4: Absolutely not.
1: You have three assignments in your inbox from the CGN
4: Council. There's a third one now? What is it?
1: You're to attend the running of the Jariks on Milanov.
4: <sighs> Are they ever gonna give me a break with these puffy assignments?
1: Not with that attitude. Would you like me to contact Leif?
4: Why are you asking me that?
1: It appears to have a calming effect on you.
4: I never talk to him. We just pass messages back and forth.
1: Yes, you often call Leif and talk ad nauseum into his message, Ben. It benefits your mood.
4: You're tracking my moods now?
1: Am I meant to pretend that I just started doing that? Is that the game we're playing right now? Call
4: Leif. Calling Leif. Hello? Hi.
2: Oh. Hey. Hey.
4: We're... talking in real time. We are. Are we in the same sector right now?
2: We must be. Where
4: are you? Uh,
2: Galise, where
4: are you? Niso! What are you doing on Galise? Gambling. I just got an alert for Galise. Eldon, what was the alert for Galise? The Tet
1: Empire is currently investigating a skimming attack on the Galician Gaming Compact. Millions in various currencies were extracted in a matter of hours.
2: Wow. That explains all the commotion. Apparently they're shutting down all the casinos until they find out what happened. Which means no more gambling for me.
4: You know, you don't strike me as a gambler.
2: It's just numbers.
4: So, you're still just aimlessly bopping around the three G's, huh?
2: I have goals.
4: Hmm, like what? I
2: wanted to check out this gambling planet of yours, (laughs) so I checked it out. Mm -hmm. Goal achieved
4: aiming high.
2: There's a whole universe out there. You want me to ignore it? No.
4: No, Leif. Uh, Go nuts.
2: So, what's up with you?
4: Ugh. Well, let me ask your advice. Okay. How do I catch an Australian?
2: (laughs) Catch one?
4: Yes. Can you help me out with Australians? Uh, What do they want?
2: (sighs) What is this about?
4: Not to bring up a sore subject, but on Trusk, I was talking about the other Earthling that I tracked down.
2: Yes, this was our big fight. Yes. I thought you said he was from New Zealand.
4: No, turns out Australia.
2: It sounded like you had tracked him down already. I
4: had tracked him to a planet. Here's the problem with planets, Leif. Um, They're big? They are quite large. And finding one guy on a planet is hard. Especially if he's deliberately trying to keep a low profile, which I think he is.
2: And you're trying to set some sort of Australian-specific trap for him?
4: If there was such a thing, yes. But where would I even set this Australian trap?
2: That's a complicated problem. It
4: is! And I'm sure there's no such thing as an Australian trap. I've just... been looking for this guy in my off time for a while now, and I'm out of ideas. Hey, any chance you want to fly Chitty Chitty Bang Bang over to Niso and help me out?
2: Huh. You know what? Sure.
4: Oh, shit. Really?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Why not? I've never been to Niso.
4: That's amazing.
2: I don't know if it's amazing.
4: Shit. But I still have the same problem with the planet being really big.
2: You don't know where I should meet you. Right. Can you do a search of data traffic for the whole planet?
4: I could if I wanted to massively violate the privacy of millions of people.
3: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
2: Alice, can you search for an Australian-specific word in the data stream coming out of Niso? Sure.
3: What
0: should I search for? Weedabix? Kylie Minogue? Footy. Searching. Several instances of footy in the data stream coming from the village of Kulu in Niso's southern hemisphere.
2: That sounds like something. Footy? He was checking sports scores. Looks like I'm meeting you in Kulu.
4: Fan fucking tastic. Hotel is on me. Nancy Sinatra? That's right. Was she some sort of legendary explorer or something?
2: She was what we like to call a one-hit wonder. What is that? A musician who makes one and only one good song, then is never heard from again.
4: And you named your ship after her. She
2: was also the daughter of one of the most famous musicians in the world. She could have stuck around if she wanted to, but instead she made one good song and then walked away. I admire that. It's hard to walk away like that.
4: I'm sensing this is a metaphor for something, Leif.
2: I don't know what you mean.
4: You walked away from Earth. I'm sure it was hard to walk away. What's your one hit?
2: So, what's this party all about?
4: It's the Surloss. It's a party that never ends. It slowly moves from town to town all around the planet.
2: What's it celebrating?
4: Itself. It's a party for the sake of a party.
2: That's kind of nice.
4: Be careful. There is a rare psychological syndrome with the Surloss. Some people don't want the party to end, so they follow it to the next town. Next thing they know, it's years later and they hardly remember who they were before the party started.
2: Still sounds kind of nice.
4: Do you think our Australian might be following the party?
2: No. Australians travel a lot. It's an isolated place on the planet, so to combat the isolation, everyone in the country gets four weeks of mandatory paid vacation so they can travel. Because of that, no matter where you go in the world, you'll always find an Australian hanging out somewhere. But they always come back home.
4: Then... How do we flush him out?
2: What are your intentions with this guy?
4: Seriously? You already came all the way here. Seriously? Well, see, a couple of years ago, this earthling showed up in my life. You don't say. This earthling was walking through the middle of Sirius Station with a pocket full of Ted creds, burning a hole in his pocket.
2: That doesn't sound like any of your business.
4: Maybe not, but... You know what I like on your planet? Whales. They're huge and they make fun sounds.
2: Sure, me too.
4: And if one of them was suddenly walking around on land, that is technically none of my business. But I'm going to make it my business. You know what I mean?
2: I was a land whale?
4: A gigantic, marijuana-toting land whale. Yes.
2: And you failed to harpoon me. That's
4: right. It was very frustrating for me, but I shook it off and got on with my life. Or so I thought. Because then, there on the horizon, another whale.
2: The Australian kind.
4: Yes. So, I'm trying my luck with this one.
2: What if he doesn't want to be found?
4: He has a right to privacy, just like I have a right to look for him. Maybe he doesn't want to be found, but that's for him to decide, not you or me.
2: Okay. Okay, fine.
4: So, at the risk of extending this whale analogy a bit further than I should, how do I harpoon this fucker?
2: Alice, are there any venues for rent nearby?
4: There are several. All they do
0: on this planet is party.
2: Rent one for tomorrow.
0: Okay.
4: You're throwing a party?
2: You were joking, but there actually is a good way to catch an Australian. How? Barbecue. What? They love it. Not just them, a lot of people do. It's nostalgic. Nostalgia will get you every time. With any luck, he won't be able to resist the siren song of grilled meat and the open air.
4: Humans are idiots.
2: And yet... There's a palatial balcony.
4: Uh, we share a balcony. I promise I'm not keeping tabs on you.
2: So, this planet is all resorts and partying? That's it?
4: This whole sector gambling on Galice, spas on Milanov, and resorts and parties on Niso.
2: Well, why would anyone ever leave this sector?
4: Well, they have to eventually. It's so expensive it would make you shit yourself.
2: How can you afford it?
4: (laughs) They want positive press.
2: Isn't that a little unethical?
4: Sure, a little. But if I fight every battle, I end up fighting none of them. Right now, my battle is how to catch an Australian. I'll do the other stuff later. So, what have you been up to? All I get are vague bits and pieces. What's your life like out there?
2: Interesting. Have you ever seen a zoo animal be released into the wild for the first time?
4: No. Have you?
2: Yes. There's this moment when they first step out of the cage. They look up at the sky, down at the ground, out at the horizon. They seem to say, Oh, this is why my feet are this way. This is why I have these teeth. It all makes sense now. It's been like that.
4: That's... Well, that's... Disturbing. Leif.
2: Why? I just told you I've been released from my cage.
4: Have you been to the Alexanov system yet? No. Doesn't surprise me. There's a war going on there right now. Three inhabited planets. Alexa Zabrina, Alexa Caprica, and Alexa Prime. They hate each other. The second they were able to put a ship in orbit, they've been trying to destroy each other, either overtly or subtly. After a while, news about this three-way war of theirs started to get ignored. It wasn't news anymore. It was always happening. And then the Teds came along. They approached the leaders of Alexa Prime and said that they would love to bring a warp gate to their sector, but the strife between the three planets made it impossible Then they offered to sell them weapons so they could win the war, make the system a safer place. Of course, the leaders of Alexa Prime agreed, thinking that they were finally about to run the system. What they didn't know is that the Ted Empire had that exact same conversation with all three planets. Now they're arming all three of them. So the war just keeps going now with all three planets very well-armed. That was about 20 Earth years ago, I think. A lot of people have died since then. It's an insult to common decency, what's going on there. It's an affront to what it means to be a sentient person in the universe. And what you've just told me is that this is the place where you feel truly free. Like you've been released from your cage.
2: How do you look up at the stars and only see stories like that?
4: How do you not?
2: There are a thousand stories you could tell, and you pick that one. One
4: is enough. There only needs to be one story like that to ruin all the others, and there is way more than one.
2: How do you even function when you see the world like that? I
4: function by finding out why there's an Australian where there shouldn't be one. I function by doing this, what I'm doing, right now. How do you function?
2: You're going to have a pretty lonely life if you judge people because they're not fighting the good fight like you are.
4: (laughs) No, I won't, Leif. I'm too charming. (laughs)
2: Your quest to get me to care about things the way you do is going to be disappointing for you.
4: I'm not trying to get you to care, Leif. I'm trying to get you to admit that you already do.
2: You know me that well?
4: Yes, Leif. I really do. Anyway, I'm going to go get some sleep. We've got an Australian to catch tomorrow, which we are apparently going to accomplish with grilled meats. Good night, Leif.
2: Good night.
5: Is that grilled lamb? Amazing. Two of those, please. Darren Delvey? Yeah? Have we met?
4: My name's Bertaluna. I work for the Truth and Understanding Council on CGS. Do you understand what that means?
5: CGS. This is the planet that's always complaining about something?
4: Yes. Yes, that is us. How can I help? Well, I'm a curious person. So you can imagine what my curiosity does to me when I find a man on Niso who comes from a city called Sydney in a country called Australia on a planet called Earth that currently has trouble even getting a satellite into orbit.
5: Uh, I'm from Adelaide, actually. But I wouldn't expect you to know that, seeing as we're uh, rough estimate 1.2 million light years away from there at the moment.
4: That's a heck of a commute.
5: How'd you find me?
2: You were checking the scores for Australian rules football.
5: Hello there. Who might you be? I'm Leif. You bear a striking resemblance to an earthling, Leif. Northern California. Really?
4: Darren, let me skip to the end. I'm trying to find out why the Ted Empire is identifying smart earthlings and taking them permanently off-world. Can you shed any light on that?
2: I'll skip to the end, too. You can't talk to us because it's part of your deal with the Tets.
5: That's true. I'm afraid I can't.
2: And let me just say, I told her that would be the case, but there was no way to change her mind, so we had to lure you out with some barbecue anyway.
5: All this is for me, then.
4: Surprise!
2: I understand not wanting to be found. Trust me. But do understand that other people
5: just... Won't give a shit what you want.
4: He's talking about me. Yeah,
5: well, I feel terrible. You've thrown me in a nice little party and there's nothing I can do for you.
4: Yes, uh, I know. Yes, I know, uh, but that's okay. Because I think the two of you should talk. What? I don't need to be there. You should talk. You're the only two earthlings out here, at least that I know of. I'm sure you have all sorts of Earth things to talk about, like, uh, I don't know, Celine Dion? The
2: whole point of this was for you to talk to him. No, it wasn't. What do you mean?
4: I'm not an idiot, Leif. I knew he was going to say the same thing you did.
2: Then what are we doing here?
4: We're here so you can talk to him. Why? Why? He seems like a very nice man.
2: I am delightful. You're trying to get some kind of emotional response from me.
4: I don't need to. It's already there.
2: No, it's not.
4: Leif, when I first met you, you took off in a ship saying you were going to see every corner of the galaxy. But what did you do? I... You studied, Leif. For over a year, you sat in a room above Etruscan Bar and you studied... Because you couldn't stand not knowing things. How is this any different?
2: You're attempting to manipulate Saying
4: things that are true out loud is not manipulation. It
2: is when you're trying to get a particular reaction out of me. I'm
4: not on the job, Leif. Really. If I was on the job, I would be watching the running of the Jariks and Milanov right now. Instead, I'm here. With you. Because I'm your friend. So... I am going to go get a plate full of some sort of charred animal and then I am going to go to the beach, have an undetermined number of drinks and make up a bunch of excuses to send to my bosses in my home world. You boys have fun.
3: Today's episode is brought to you by June's Journey, a fantastic hidden object game and detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s for iOS and Android. You know, what's great about a podcast is that it can be a great companion for you when you need to do things like take the dog for a walk, or do the dishes, or you're on a stakeout because you're a private detective who's trying to find out who kidnapped a billionaire's daughter, you know, things like that. But what if you want to listen to your favorite show, Midnight Burger, and you don't actually have anything to do? Well, First of all, congratulations to you for having nothing to do, my friend. Secondly, maybe you should play June's Journey while you listen to your favorite shows. In June's Journey, you're playing hidden object games, getting clues to solve a mystery, and you're slowly using your success in the game to build and add to your lavish 1920s mansion. You play the character of June, who has just come to America to try and solve the mystery of her sister's murder. And as you play the game, you uncover more clues and build your mansion. It's got a lot of great aspects. The hidden object games are very fun. You have the long-term goals of building your mansion. And then on top of all that, you have a murder to solve. And you can do all of that while listening to a podcast about a person who has a murder to solve. Now, I haven't been able to crack the case yet. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey today for free on iOS and Android.
0: Looking to get out of the ads and back to the story? Fable and Folly Plus is a new way to support the creators you love. The podcast you're listening to right now and more than 60 others can be heard ad-free for as little as $4 a month by visiting fableandfolly.com slash plus. And now, Midnight Burger is offering early access to all new episodes, including the new Young Leaf, to all Fable and Folly Plus supporters, still entirely ad-free. Fable and Folly Plus. Sign up today at fableandfolly.com slash plus.
5: Back to mine then?
0: Welcome home, Darren. The surf conditions will be ideal in 3.5 hours.
5: Thank you, Louise.
0: I see you have a guest. Can I prepare them a refreshment?
5: Louise, I'm betting this young man would like a nice cup of coffee. Am I right?
2: That would be incredible. Why is the coffee so terrible out here?
5: It turns out it's poisonous to a lot of races. Out here it's like ordering blowfish. Nice place. Quite something, isn't it? Back on Earth, people would ask me why I went into rocketry, and I'd give them some expansive speech about humanity pushing out into the stars and manifest destiny and all that. Then I got out here and realized I only got into rocketry because I wanted to go surfing on another planet. Now I have.
2: Bert Bert was telling me.
5: You made a fusion engine? In fact, I did. A bit humbling to off a world-changing invention on your home planet i need to come out here and see that it's as commonplace as anything else The fucking lawnmowers have fusion engines out here might like to take a look i would louise bring up scrb mark 11 on the hologram display would you
0: now displaying wireframe for scrb mark 11
5: She's a beauty. A lot simpler than I'd expect. I went through years of complicated designs, but when I went back to basics, that's when the world opened up to me. I just needed to make a tiny star and put it in a box. Stars don't need tech to exist, they just need circumstance. When I cleared away the noise, it all came into being all of a sudden. And then the Teds showed up. There yeah, they were. I'd secured some land off the coast of Sumatra to build it and test it, and they were waiting for me.
2: And they offered you a nice house on the beach a million light years away.
5: They did. And that was enough for you? For me, it was. So, I showed you mine. Let's see yours.
2: Okay. Alice, do you have that rendering from my notes?
0: Do I have it? We have talked many times now about how I have everything all the time. Alice. Displaying render 5850.
5: Why? You're fucking kidding me. A dark matter engine? Yeah. How? Government project.
2: I was able to detect the dark matter at the bottom of an abandoned gold mine in South Dakota. Then I bottled it. Then I plugged it into a lamp. From there, the ideas came pretty quick. This is the one that stuck with me, though. An engine to travel between stars powered by everything in between the stars. It's a
5: fucking renaissance painting, man. Thank you.
2: You're the first person to ever see it.
5: What's the energy output?
2: Never tested it, but I imagine it can go from Earth to Proxima Centauri in about a year.
5: A year? 40 trillion kilometers in a year?
2: As long as you don't mind your body being obliterated by g-forces on the way,
5: yeah. What's it called?
2: Uncle Rogue. Well, hello there, Uncle. Anyway, I came up from the mine one day, and there they were waiting for me.
5: What'd they offer you?
2: Whatever I wanted. I didn't ask for much. Some money and a ride to the nearest space station. I'd figure out the rest from there.
5: And have you figured it out? A few things. Maybe not the big picture. And is that why you've tracked me down? The big picture? I've... I've been trying not to think about it, but... But people like us have a hard time not thinking. Yes. So you've been distracting yourself with all sorts of things, am I right? I have. You should try surfing. It has a tendency to quiet the mind. I think I'd have to surf an awful lot. I hear ya. I mean, here we are... Two men who could have changed their planet entirely. Unlimited free energy.
2: They told me my invention would have been bad for the planet. uh,
5: That they weren't ready. They told me the same thing. You didn't buy it, did you? No. Which leaves you and I with a pretty large question. Why is a technologically advanced alien race stopping Earth from becoming technologically advanced itself? I don't know. I was hoping you had a theory. You know, when I first got here to Niso, I I got a notice that there was going to be a, a concert on the beach. thought to myself, lovely, great way to take in the culture of this new alien world. I'll get to hear what their music sounds like. That'll be a nice window into their culture. I went to the concert that night, and here's what I heard. It's Handel. It's the fucking Sarah Band. At first, I thought we were doing it to honour my arrival. I asked my waiter, Is this all for me? And my waiter assured me, Oh no, we always offer the finest earth music here on Niso. Our customers demand it. Demand it? Out there in your travels, how often does someone speak your language? All the time, because... Because they love our television. We're one of the least advanced, sentient races in three galaxies. But people can't stop watching our fucking movies. You don't think that odd? I think it's bizarre. And what if that's it?
2: They keep Earth in the relative stone age because they want to
5: keep liking what we create? They love our movies, our music, our television... But then we take steps to be more like them. What happens?
2: They cut us off at the knees. They do. They must. I'm sure we could be a technologically
5: advanced race and also make great music. But think of our generous benefactors. The glorious Ted Empire. Technologically advanced, a dominating force across three galaxies, but everybody fucking hates them. They've got no competition. But let's say Earth was allowed to become an advanced race. My fusion engine, your dark matter, technologies that eliminated scarcity. In a generation, you'd have a technologically advanced society just like the Teds. But they've got something the Teds don't and can't have. Cultural dominance. Precisely. The only thing keeping Earth from being a true challenge to their glorious empire is the fact that we are currently a bunch of fucking Cro-Magnons, and they need to keep us that way. Then
2: why did you agree to it? Why did you? You first.
5: I don't know. Fear, I think. Fear? Of course. In both of our home countries, you can't walk down the street without being haunted by ghosts. Half your states are named after Native Americans. Your cars, Jeep Cherokee, Ford Thunderbird, etc., Apache helicopters. You've got an American football team called the Redskins, for Christ's sake. And for us, it's the same. Streets and parks named after Aboriginal Australians. When a technological empire rolls up on the shores of Indigenous people, it never goes well, my friend. If Earth knowingly joined an intergalactic community, I imagine it'd go the same way. In hardly any time at all, we'd just be street names and parks. A memory. Maybe I thought we'd be better off in the dark. Things have to move forward, though. Move forward towards... what, exactly? I don't know how much water that reasoning holds, but that's what I'd tell myself, at least. So... What are your reasons?
2: I just wanted out. Always did. I wanted out of Humboldt County. I wanted out of college. I made something truly revolutionary, and I wanted out of that too. I wish I had some deeper philosophy about it, but
5: everywhere I went, I felt trapped. Something tells me that Neither of our explanations are going to be very satisfying to your friend from CGS.
2: I still don't understand why the Teds would go through all this trouble just because people like to watch Earth television.
5: People will endure all manner of things as long as there's something good on television at the end of the day, Leif. Stories are more powerful than we want them to be. Every sentient being out there in the stars is telling themselves a story Every day. They get up in the morning and they begin to tell the story of themselves to themselves. You've never seen someone so in distress as when they've lost the plot to their own story. They'll go to war to get it back. Burn cities. enslave millions. All to keep the story going. There's all sorts of destructive powers out there but none of them. So powerful as the need for a good narrative. Look at you. Restless youth, answering to no one. How often do you tell yourself that story every day? I've been thinking about progress a lot since I came out here. That's what we focus on, right? Scientists wanting to push the world forward. We want progress. I left Earth and I saw all these things that I considered progress. Fusion. Stable wormholes. Advanced AI. But I look deeper and what do I see? Rapacious monopolies. Racism. Religious fanaticism. Slavery rebranded. Turns out what I thought was progress was just window dressing. A nice paint job on the same old house. What is progress then, if it's not all this fancy tech I devoted my life to? and I think it goes back to those stories we tell ourselves true progress is finally being able to let go of the bullshit we tell ourselves show me a race that's capable of that and I'll show you real progress until then I surf waves are coming in at the beginner level right now I've got an extra board how about a surfing lesson young man
6: me, is the seat taken?
4: No, go ahead. Thanks. Quite a party, huh?
6: Really is. Is it always like this?
4: It's the Sir Loss. It's a party that travels around the whole planet.
6: <laughs> Must be nice. I
4: know, right?
6: I'm Verge. Bert Bert. You here on an assignment? What? Sorry, I see a CGN, and I always assume they're on an assignment.
4: We take vacations, sometimes. I've heard.
6: Well, let me ask you a question then. How do Siegians feel about interplanetary relations?
4: Oh, um, well, we're okay with it. Just okay? I mean... I'm sure you've heard the stories. There are some cg who are anti-interplanetary funny business, but they're a vocal minority.
6: Well, in that case, can I buy you a drink? Oh! Hey, baby. Verge. Look at you. Going to a leisure planet without me. What are you
2: doing here? You
4: two know each other? I've
6: been calling you.
4: You're wet.
2: I went surfing. You did? I saw your message. I haven't checked it yet. You should check it.
4: It's important. How do you two know each other? We're
2: business partners. Uh, no, we're not.
4: You're running a business now?
2: Verge, this is Bert. Bert. We've
4: met.
6: I was just about to buy her a drink. What did
2: the message say? Oh,
6: <laughs> that we're fucked and our lives are in danger. Oops. I- I- excuse me?
2: What are you talking about?
6: Well oh, <laughs> our genius plan to skim the casinos on Galise is... Backfired in such a monumental way that it's almost poetry. What? How? That was you? Yes. What is going on? Casinos are funny, right? They're owned by the Gleesian Gaming Compact, but they're not really owned by the Gleesian Gaming Compact.
4: You know what I mean? Wait. Ice hauler thieves on Tarvalu. Uh, Yeah,
6: that was us too. What? Who are they actually owned by?
4: Please tell me you have not started building a criminal empire, Leif.
6: Empire is a very strong word. Cottage industry? Maybe? It's just me, life and Dex. Dex!
4: You have lured that sweet Truskin into a life of
6: crime? He's a member of the shipping union. He was already halfway there. This
4: is what you've been doing? You've got three galaxies to play around in, and you choose crime? What did you want him to do? Get a job? Yes!
6: Who are the
2: casinos actually owned by?
6: Loaf Tracks. Oh, fuck. Yeah.
4: No. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is so bad.
6: Who is Loaf Tracks? Isn't it adorable when he asks questions like that? Verge.
4: The most dangerous criminal in the fucking triad, life. Oh. And you just ripped them off. We did. How much?
6: <laughs> oh, wow. So much money. <laughs> no! <laughs>
2: What are we supposed to do now?
6: Uh, You know how we split up after every job? We're going to need to make that a little longer this time.
4: (laughs) God, (laughs) you even have a process. How many jobs have you pulled? What are
2: you doing here, then?
4: (laughs) I I wanted to see you. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. I have so many things I'm going to yell at you. I'm making a list in my head. Okay, okay. You both have to come with me.
6: <laughs> not doing that? No way. Why?
4: I'm going to register you both as confidential sources of mine that will give you some protection on CGS. We're going to CGS. Go pack your things. Actually, don't go pack your things. We're going straight to the nearest port. Let's go.
6: I'm your source now?
4: No. Now you're an idiot. I'm just treating you like a source. Let's go. I'm not
6: going to CGS.
4: You're both going to get killed. You're both going to be killed. I'm surprised you're not dead already. God, damn it. I've Wait. already got a
6: plan for myself. I'm not going to siegeus. Why? Because I'm a Vapian, honey. I'd rather be caught dead. Leif, you should go. It's not a bad plan.
2: Bertz, can you give us a minute, please?
4: Literally one minute, Leif.
2: So, is this loaf tracks really that bad? So,
6: so bad. Sorry. Lovetrax's territory has been growing really fast, but I didn't know it was growing this fast. I should have known.
2: If CGS is the safest place,
6: you should come with us. There are about five billion nosy CGians on C.G.S. who will want to know what a vapian is doing there. I'm not doing If it. we're
2: in this much danger, I don't think now's the time
6: to be your usual stubborn self. Don't worry about me. You go with her. I'm gonna take Nancy. There's an asteroid belt in the middle of nowhere outside of a mining colony. I'm gonna go park there and act like a rock for a while. What about Dex? The shipping union on Trusk is protecting him. He'll be fine.
2: How will I find you?
6: I'll find you.
2: I'm gonna miss you.
6: (laughs) You fucking better fucking miss me.
2: (laughs) I don't know what to say.
6: What's our rule? When you don't know what to say, say exactly what's on your mind.
2: I'm having a great time.
6: <laughs> Seriously? Yes. <laughs> You're a fucking psychopath. I know. <laughs> I love you.
2: I love you too. Go. Okay. So, I hear Seagius is lovely this time of year. Moron. This'll be a fun trip.
3: Music from Young Leaf comes from the album Kids Fill the Floor by our dear friends, Freesha. Their music is available to stream on all platforms and is available to purchase on Bandcamp. So please do all of those things. Young Leaf is made possible in part by our Monte Cristo level and above supporters. Wilson, Billy, Bertbert, Bethany, Second Bethany, Stu, Nan McVicker, Rusty Accord, A Bug Named Nat, Colby Jack, Sparker, Milo Loves Mycelium, Sarah Freckles, Zoe Georgina Marsh, The Art Sherpa, G Longhorn, Lucrezia, Amy Pollard, The Waiting Pool Pirates, Little Bit of Odd, Dr. Punt Gusher Esquire, Chelsea G, Mel Momberg, Cosmic Shrug, Kingpin, Miss Chris Still Making Sandwiches, Kurt Bartnick, D Fox, Nicole Colangello, The Real Dirt Fairy, Rogue, Your Favorite Kenny, SCRB Mark 11, Robert Oliveri, Adrian Ramirez, Berserking Off, Genuine Jacob, Schnugens, Mossy, Stephen Robin Poole, Pathos, Andrea Strick, Virgo Aries Infinity, Sir Catdad, Velocicate, Phantom Turtle, Andrew Barner, Chancho Villa, Clara Olson, Justine Burbank, Peachy Zetuichi, Disco Funkslinger, Deli Cruz, Edgy Steve, Incorrigible Ross, Quilandus, Potato Nation, La Cockney Francaise, Alice Malice, Todd Van Voris, Starlight, Thomas Stolen, Michael Christian Wandering Aquarius Moldy Bread Millie Tarvox Stormbringer Techno Ranger Rick Magnificent Hogbeast Brockowini Theo Alex Dean Alexa Zabrina, Purple Saline Antigone Brickman Saren Far Beyond the Stars Gen C Leia B Xavier Sage Blargo 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 Onyx Rose Death the Kid Churlington Beastcoat Tamara Oliver Jackie Wavelet Marissa Damien the Goddamn Time Lawyer Terry Magic Pony Maggie's Yarn David Pierina Zealous Pragma Mallory May Aaron Mitchell Raven the Necco Queen Melvis Gray Mystery Joshua Cody Om Vega Codex Typo Al Cave Kevin Batten Creator 67 Sono Nasuna John Dew Courtney Depona Ruth McCormick Stuck in Derplahoma It's Just Blake Ashley J.R. the Hiker Bear Menlor Rachel Rachelson Tracy Calibri, The Green Street Major, Nate, Three Legs Are Perfectly Good, Hippo, Maloran, Mroon Mai Salil, Kara, Late Indeed Again, Ian Hertzler, Mother of Thor, Enthanomaly, Special K, Ryan Abbey, Best Buds Danny and M, Captain Blepp, Sarah Bergenholtz, Paul A. Johnson, Hunter B, Zacky Nat, Big Whiskey, Coat Full of Owls, Nea, Anna, Ben and Jessica, C.C. Ryder, the artist formerly known as Mouse Cop, Levi, Curtis Charles Sr., Dalek Steve, Dancing Dog Dreams, and Existentially Exhausted Bean.
0: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
7: Greetings, fans of the esoteric, and welcome to the trailer for Madame Magenta Sonus Mystica. Hang on, why am I doing my own trailer? Where where will the people want to see their star, my dear? No one can see me, Bernard. This is a podcast. Oh. You know what? I should have that deep-voiced chap doing this. You know the one. What's his name? Oh, the... Um, oh, the, the strange name. Yes. Like a uh, fruit. Red pepper, that's yes. it. Yes. yes. <coughs> In a world where something, something, something... That's the one? Oh, it's quite sexy, Bernard. <laughs> Save that for later. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not sure I can keep it up. You've never had a problem before? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, a, oh that, that was a very clever joke. Yes. I am a very turgid man. You are. I'm going to make a cup of tea. You do the trailer. Oh, right, you are. <coughs> In a world... You- oh, great. Uh-oh, El Grey, please. In a world where ghosts and angels walk amongst us... Float! They float! uh, At float amongst us stands one woman, Magenta. Oh, God, my bloody spirit guide's frozen the milk again. It's going to have to be iced tea, I'm afraid. Oh, all right, fair enough. Uh, psychic medium... (coughs) My throat. Oh, uh, Magenta... I can't do this anymore. Bernard, you won't get nodules. You're not Adele. Well, actually, interestingly enough, that wasn't nodules. That was an exploding polyp. Oh, God. Can you imagine that? Exploding polyp. Anyway, that's not why I can't do the trailer anymore. Oh. Do you mean... Uh, Yes, the angelic manifestation by the dog bed, yes. Here we go again. What do you want? From the makers of Mockery Manor comes Madame Magenta, Sonos Mystica. For all fans of the esoteric. Available now wherever you get podcasts.